Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. In today's episode, we have the pleasure to interview Anthea Caloris from Apotheca by Anthea in Paddington. This is a wonderful interview with Anthea, our Paddington neighbour, and we really hope you enjoy it. This marks Anthea's 27 years of naturopathic clinical practice. She graduated as a naturopath, homeopath and herbalist at the end of 1994 and started consulting almost immediately. Anthea has done quite a few things along the way. She opened her first clinic in Paddington called Out of the Earth Health and Beauty Clinic. After 10 years of clinical experience, she opened OVO, the Organic Health and Lifestyle Store and Naturopathic Clinic in Paddington. From this space, she was inspired to create her own certified organic teas, tea sayings, herbs and spices and elixirs. Ovia Organic Teas became Australia's premium organic tea company, served in the best restaurants, cafes and hotels across Australia. In 2012, she released I Am Food Guidebook and Companion Recipe Book. Then, in 2014, I Am Food was published by Penguin as a hard copy book. In I Am Food, she explains how to unscramble the scramble and transition from eating processed foods to eating the food that's best for your body, soul and the planet. After 16 years of creating and nurturing OVO, she birthed her new brand baby Apotheca by Anthea. She felt this was the right time to evolve and to create something wonderful, something right for these times, something more aligned to the community. Apothecary originates from the ancient word from in Greek culture, apotheca, a dispensary of botanical remedies. It was the place where women could be healers. She launched a new collection of everyday drinking teas and tea scenes, followed by a collection of naturopathic and botanical remedies, elixirs, tonics and lifestyle products. This offering distills over 25 years of clinical practice, apothecary and tea making to holistically nourish you on your healing journey to wholeness. Anthea is a natural, toxic, chemical-free, lifestyle, whole food and natural medicine advocate and activist with a bigger purpose to help heal the world. Her philosophy, if you can make better health choices, not only does this heal you, it heals our neighbours, our community and the people on the other side of the planet. Anthea's mission in life is to serve, support and inspire you, to take care of your health, to fall in love with nature, natural wisdom and natural medicine, to take care of our earth and humanity, to live mindfully with a joyful heart. We hope you enjoy this episode. All information in the podcast Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health is for educational purposes only and was relevant at the time of recording. We recommend for any individual symptoms, personalised diagnosis and treatment to see a registered health practitioner. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode.
Hello and welcome back to Integrating Chinese Medicine podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Anthea. Anthea, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, <laughs> yes, so lovely to be part of the Paddington community with you. So let's start. Uh, Anthea, please tell us how you got into naturopathy and what services you provide as a naturopath. Gosh, this is my 27th year as a naturopath, so I still. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just seems the years are rolling by. So, I, how did I get into naturopathy? Really immediately after school, I started studying. I had um, we had a family friend who was a naturopath, a very well-known naturopath in Wallara. So I knew of the idea of this. Okay. Mm. And also, I've told this story a thousand times, but my parents had a great book called How to Get Well. Oh. By Pavo Ariola, and he was a naturopathic physician. Okay. Yeah. And it was published in 1971, the year that I was born. And I was fixated by this book at the age of 12. And so I was growing herbs, making remedies, treating myself for diseases I didn't have. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I knew the concepts of naturopathy. And then we had this family friend and the two just came together. And it's, well, I also thought architect, naturopath, architect, naturopath. Yeah. yeah. Naturopathy one. And wow. And you yeah, never looked back. Never looked back. It's just. Yeah, I'm so identified with that. I don't know what else I'd do without it. Yeah, yeah. it's part of you now. It yeah. is a part of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what services do you provide as a naturopath? Um, quite a few. So a typical naturopathic consultation is is always looking at the underlying causes and contributing factors as mm. why one would feel and express the way they do. Um, but I do incorporate a lot of self-care, healthcare, diet, lifestyle um, seasonal cleansing wonderful but also as a herbalist and that's my chosen modality yeah i make tea so i have a tea company so teas and tisan so that's part of the prescription amazing yeah yeah, yeah. awesome so anthea in your opinion what is the importance of gut health gosh it's everything yeah and <laughs> <laughs> being a naturopath we're looking at things very holistically and diet plays a big role and we're looking at not only what you eat but how you eat mm. and so it's how your digestive system is processing that food mm. so we're looking at the different components of digestion absorption elimination your gut biome as its own entity yeah um, so it's it's what feeds the rest of the body if you like but obviously we need to feed it well um, and I don't mean just food or fluids, but it's it's our it's processes or mm. goodness or, mm. or, or not so good stuff in mm. our system. Yeah. It's so interesting with the treatment approach as a naturopath and the same as a TCM practitioner, but we've been looking after the gut for how many years? That's yes. always been part of the approach, Correct. especially in naturopathy, and that's really coming out now in conventional medicine, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the idea of not just what you eat, but how you eat, like you how said. You yes. Yeah. 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 And then understanding that connection between the gut and the brain. and Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of work that we do in that particular area. And also... For many patients, they may be asymptomatic in gut. They mm. may have, not have symptoms like bloating or constipation or diarrhea, but 
still there might be a disrupted gut biome and we'll see that through doing a stool test through various testing mm. yeah but their gut is in dysregulation but it's influencing other parts of their body so mm. expressed by the gut yeah okay interesting very interesting you need to be yeah. a bit of a detective sometimes yeah. <laughs> and find a missing piece of the puzzle yeah. really Correct. Yes. <laughs> Correct. so on that how does gut health play a role in overall well-being including hormones and fertility yeah um well it could be as simple as if we're not digesting well we're not getting access to all the good nutrients that we feed ourselves mm. um we might not be having great motility so therefore we're not clearing toxins via the bowels um when it comes to hormones specifically we know that um bacterial secretes certain metabolites enzymes one particular one which i know that you know about is beta glucuronidase Sound, said it correctly. Yeah. Something yes. Like yeah. 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 <laughs> that is that. That's part. That is an enzyme that's produced in a healthy gut biome, but we can have too much or not enough. Okay. And its job is to inactivate and detox hormones mm-hmm. like estrogen. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we'll see that if someone has very low E. coli. Yeah. For instance, if we do a stool test, they might not be able to have enough beta glucose coronidase being produced which will affect their hormones okay yeah if it's low it might be due to a toxic overload okay and if it's high that particular enzyme it'll inhibit that activity of clearing out and detoxifying hormones yeah and so this the detective work is working out what's what is the health of the gut biome and how is one self caring for it which is influencing the different pathways which result in hormonal imbalance or inflammation or nutrient deficiencies and so on Mm. so it's it's complex and simple and back to complex again Mm. it is tricky with patients because you want to meet them where they're at and not over complicate Mm. yeah and yet at the same time not over simplify what's going on yes yeah and so you're saying it's that balancing act of you can have too much of a good thing and not enough to help with the healthy regulation and metabolism of say hormones like estrogen correct yeah okay and that that is a really good point because often people are taking loads of probiotics Mm. and with chronic gut issues i recommend that we stop because what if you're feeding an overgrowth of course, of a particular strain. Yeah. Yeah. And what if, you know, fermented foods and drinks aren't your friend? Mm. Yeah. And so sometimes as part of the, the process, depending on where a patient is at, whether they're sick and tired of their disease and they just want to test yeah. and find out more or whether they're willing to go one more step, which is let's pair everything back, let's take the load off your gut, eat well, maybe stop fermented foods and drinks for a period of time and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Part of the pairing back might be stopping caffeine, which is a horrible thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> caffeine can be but sometimes that might be the thing that regulates motility and that, mm. that has a flow-on effect. Mm. And so it, it, it depends where people are at mm. and what they're willing to do and try. Uh, yeah. 
And and that's why it's oh gosh, like you pull one lever and it has this ripple effect and can it does. improve multiple body systems and organs. Yeah. But also you might switch off something else, like if you gave up caffeine, maybe their bowels will stop moving, which then has a negative flow on effect. Mm. Yeah, in terms of detoxification. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So it's this constant It's fascinating. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's complex, simple complex and it's like yeah, being in some sort of flow and connection with it. With mm. a patient, and I think that's what we see is the building the rapport with patients so they trust us, the process, and feel empowered and understand what's going on. Yes, definitely. Especially, mm. say, for example, with endometriosis. And if they were coming to you with a women's health condition like such a chronic painful condition like endo, and then if you touch base on the gut, then for a particular patient there does need to be a lot of trust. Correct. Yeah, so that you can go for more of an open approach. Yeah, as an inflammatory condition and mm. there's inflammation, one of the big areas is the gut. Mm. So mm. we can create a lot of inflammation in the gut due to dysbiosis. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we already touched base on the importance of healthy gut for regulation of estrogen and hormones. Mm. So we might now talk about the importance of the role of the vagus nerve and its connection with our gut and how would this connection affect our mental and emotional well-being? Yes, it's one of my favourite topics so much so that I created a program on regulating your nervous system. I love the whole theory of polyvagal, Mm. looking at things through the polyvagal lens. And I, and I think I've come to the conclusion that because at any given moment, what state of your nervous system, we make different choices. We're either in a protective mode or mm. in a connective mode, depending if we're in fight flight, more protective, if we're feeling regulated, more connective mode. Mm. And so the vagus nerve kind of is the center of all of that because mm. it's, it stems in the brain and it connects all the way down to the gut and it touches not there's not one organ system that isn't touched by the vagus nerve mm-hmm. and often it's called that superhighway part of the gut brain access yeah. along with the other bodily organs and, and and systems that constantly shuffles information up and down up and down mm-hmm. surveilling the scene sensing the scene yeah and so i think for me it's really interesting looking at everyone's health through this lens okay yeah and i feel like my practice as a naturopath has become more and more of that is actually assessing one state of their nervous system yeah and the vagus nerve is very much part of that surveillance if you like inside and outside of the body especially Mm. after the last two years of the pandemic correct yeah yeah people have been so wired and stressed and a lot of people have also moved into that freeze response of being completely dissociated and numbed out as as another protective mechanism Mm. they've gone from the energy of fight and flight to just feeling overwhelmed and just no more i can't do anymore and that's that those kind of burnt out feelings Mm. and emotions and symptoms so it is interesting because in that stressed out state we feel very narrowed in and Mm. um, you don't kind of see the whole scene no unfortunately and you become more reactive rather than responsive yeah Yeah. i think if i'm going to help one 
heal, particularly chronic illness. Mm, yeah. And I need to get their nervous system regulated because as we know, it's, it's within a regulated nervous system that we heal optimally. Mm. Yeah. And in fight, fight or freeze, all that energy is diverted to that part mm. of survival. Yeah. 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 So for me, it's like the center of everything, which is interesting that it runs through top to bottom. Is yeah. Nerve. Yeah. Mm. And clinically, in terms of treatment, mm. addressing the vagus nerve, would you completely focus on food and nutrition as well as meditation and lifestyle factors and exercise, yeah. that kind of? All of the above. And, mm. and I think there's a real fine art to that again, to, you know, making sure patients aren't doing the ticker box list mm. in a stressed out state. And I think part of it is is an education or an understanding of how that works. Yeah. That if they are in that stressed out state, the fight, flight, response, or freeze, they're going to make different choices. Mm. Um, whether, whether it comes to food or even relaxation and the time they go to bed and how they connect with their partner. So I think for me is an awareness first. And with that awareness comes better understanding and compassion and kindness. Mm. And then that takes out a lot of that overreactive or triggering energy. Um, That's a great point. And it just seems to just regulate and it just opens them up to healing. Yeah. And opens up perspective, options, possibilities. They kind Mm. of see the whole scene as well. Yeah. And they almost become more compassionate towards themselves and understanding why they made that decision at the time. Yes. Without that frustration. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be something that's been, they remember they've had that same experience as a child. So Mm. this is where I think, it's pretty bold to say this, but everyone's had a childhood that we all need to do the work. Yeah. And address all the stuff, all the patterns that, and the wounds that we haven't met. Um, and you know, work out what's ours, what's mum and dad's, what's what are we inherited, mm. um, why we react and respond the way we do, um, because that greatly influences our health outcomes. Mm. Most definitely, mm. and even yep. to our grandparents from the epigenetic side yeah. of things now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so fascinating. Um, to me and then how that directly impacts the gut and vice mm. versa yeah most mm. definitely yeah so it's like where does one begin when we you know i always said a patient that your healing hasn't started because i've prescribed something or you've come to see yeah. you're already on a healing journey yeah but i think it's um a journey to wholeness rather than um wellness or oh definitely yeah yeah so it's 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 picking up all those lost pieces and yeah. shining light and integrating and, mm. and taking it all with you for the yes. ride. Yes. And creating space <laughs> for areas that might need to be yes. looked at from years before. Yeah, that needs mm-hmm. some time and attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Oh, it's so kind of... Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's what resonates most to me because I think I've put myself through that process of many things that I've gone through and I know how that's impacted me personally. Mm. Yeah. You know, and you start seeing patients in a different light of, actually, hold on a second. How are you going to heal? You are so stressed out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So when we talk about the benefits for how your patients are supported through that type of work, what benefits do you see in your patients when working alongside acupuncturists and Chinese medicine practitioners? Well, immensely, because in, in all my years as a naturopath, I often will get asked the question, who do you know is, is a good acupuncturist? I've heard they can help with my hormones. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can almost ready a patient, and it's not that I hand them over in a ready state as mm. such, which would help, absolutely. But yeah. it's, it's almost like there's, there's pieces to the puzzle that we can't necessarily see. And I think body work, and I know what TCM is beyond body work, mm. yeah. but I feel like it addresses parts that quite quickly, in fact, that might take time and move energies through that might take time and mm. sometimes patients will need to see results mm. to stay yeah. motivated in their healthcare. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, acupuncture and TCM, me personally, and Georgia, you've treated me for hormonal yeah. imbalances, particularly this in where I'm at, perimenopause, which I'm happy to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, how dramatic and how quick and sometimes that's required because sometimes people don't want to go back to the beginning and that's why we say it's not just don't find the one underlying cause, it's the contributing factors mm. in the day-to-day yeah. that influence how you you think and feel right now and express illness. Um, so extremely important. Mm. It, it just like it, it's not enough just to see a psychotherapist. Um if you're feeling anxious, maybe we need to look at sugar and caffeine content. Mm, yeah. So as part of naturopathy, it's a holistic model that you Most definitely. Like-minded practitioners. Yeah. And that's it. It's when patients have that healthcare team around yes. them mm. that I know for us that we see patients have better outcomes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because we, I, I mean, I always think I can't, do everything and it's not my job to to offer everything this is it's it's like I have you know I work with particular psychotherapists mm. and so I'll say I'll get you I'll help you make make you aware of your nervous system so you're in a position in which you can do the deeper work mm. yeah yeah most definitely and that's that's where I take them to that door. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, even when we're talking about the vagus nerve in the way of allowing the body to become calm and into that safety place mm-hmm. and the rest and digest to allow healing from, say, for example, the supplements and the herbs that you're using with the patient as well. Yeah. And that's where that integrative healthcare model yes. does work so yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, Anthea, now we wanted to talk a little bit about detoxing. You mentioned it briefly before, but what is your perspective on detoxing? It's a big one for me. Seasonal cleansers is something that I started maybe 20 years ago with my patients, that with every change of season, we would do it almost like a health reset. And Mm -hmm. the cleanse component would be pairing back the stimulants and the things that we become addictive to, the things that prop us up, whether it's sugar, alcohol, caffeine, recreational drugs, over-the-counter medication, Mm. to basically clear the decks, if you like, and replenish and get 
back to that centered, grounded, regulated state, which we all love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the word cleanse 20 years ago was a good word, but (laughs) (laughs) I always propose, you know, I do this thing every season or reset with my participants. Can you please come up with another name? Is there another name? Do we just keep the name? You know, I don't use the word detox. I don't use the word purge. Some of them like purify. Some of them like different words because I think now it means water fasting or restrictive dieting. Yes. Yeah. Fasting. Yeah. It's the complete opposite Mm. of what we recommend. Yeah. Mm. And not that there isn't a place for that, but it's not what I, um, you know. It's not part of our seasonal cleanses. And sometimes it's not as kind to the body. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm all about, you know, creating that safety and security mm. and regulated state to like balm and calm. Mm. And yes, there'll be periods of time when we do a seasonal cleanse that we say eliminate gluten because people, most people are intolerant to some degree, some yeah. more than others. Yeah. And dairy, and the reason being is because if they're all mucus congested and allergic and have got chronic infection and inflammation, we see what three weeks of pairing back does. Mm, yeah. But also in that time, I'm educating on the best form of dairy. The yes. Best form of wheat. Educating so the we, choice that's made with foods. Exactly. So yeah. then when we're returning and we're reintroducing these things, you're in reintroducing whole food version without the additives Mm. yeah so that's what it means to me yeah it's just um it can frighten people because i think the first thing they think about is restrictive yeah and almost anthea correct me if i'm wrong but is it more so it's eliminating first educating and then making those choices that are better for the body in in a more beneficial form? Correct. Yeah? Okay. So people who are starting off with 14 cups of coffee a day, well, we, make, we want to make them more sensitive to caffeine. Yeah. So come back to it, they're only having one or two. Okay. Yeah. Still getting the same lovely effects of focus, concentration, and some energy. But yeah. if one's got high blood pressure and anxiety and diarrhea, we're going to say, well, I think we should start off giving up the 14 coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> why do you need that? And yeah. look at iron deficiency as a byproduct mm. of too much vitamin deficiency um it's interesting and so four times a year we do these 21 day seasonal cleanses and i've added on health reset so yeah and i've been able to observe the benefits over a short period of time but mm. for me it's the educational piece yeah um which is like getting to know taking time out um which is just maybe an hour a day of education we do it as an online program of just better understanding you know digestion mm. how we eat when we eat um eating when we're stressed out doing a food order looking at the ingredients of foods eating seasonally yes 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 yeah <laughs> i've had experience with patients having a doing a program and even just seeing how their relationship with food is a more peaceful yes. and also they're making those choices that are right for their body yeah, in a way that they really want to do it because they're feeling better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also, which is a part of TCM, I know, is eating according to temperature. Your mm-hmm. temperature, environment, weather, 
you know, is getting patients off in the middle of winter from having icy cold smoothies. And acai bowls. And acai bowls. Yes. Your constitution calls for that because you're an overheated individual. Mm, exactly. Perhaps, yeah. But if you're thin and wiry and anxious and dry mm. and freezing cold, the acai bowl is not your friend. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> but I think that's how much we've lost touch also with how foods can make us feel good because we do get so stuck on what we're eating mm-hmm. rather than how we're eating it. Mm. And also what's in inverted commas right yes. rather than good for our body. Correct. Mm. I know. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very passionate. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've just touched base on eating seasonally. But Anthea, what do you find is the easiest ways to encourage your patients to eat this way and how to integrate this style of eating into our life? Um, I think choosing organics because organic means organic local, mm-hmm. so not mm-hmm. organic cherries from Washington DC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> organic local is seasonal. So yeah, you want to know what is yeah. in season? It's whatever is made on offer organic at the market, so mm. the yeah. food store at the supermarket. As long as it's organic, local meaning Australian grown. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you know what is in season, though. Thanks to Google, we can, you know, Google autumn fruits, autumn vegetables. Mm. Um, so that's a good start. And I know, you know, it's going to be really interesting how seasons are changing because of climate change. I'm really mm. conscious of that and what foods will be on offer. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that's the quickest way of knowing what to eat seasonally. Okay. Um, yeah. And then it's the preparation of that food, some more warming foods. If we're a regulated temperature or cold temperature... Yeah. more warming in autumn and winter and more cooling in spring and summer again if the base is regular yeah okay and yeah so just being mindful of that that it's, okay. it's not some hot overwhelming person and we're saying have lots of ginger and they're like this is getting too much (laughs) if we were to touch base on the organic side of things just got two questions Mm -hmm. um for our patients who are budget conscious is it worthwhile still looking at those foods seasonally so say for example if they're looking for a mango in july that's from somewhere overseas is that probably best to avoid and maybe going for pears for example from australia so still going for local produce even though they may not choose organic yeah okay i think um if you can go organic local that will be seasonal Mm. yeah um and if you know your grower and if they're not using chemicals then that's great Mm. yeah there's also something that you would both know the clean 15 dirty dozen yeah yeah and so we always say the clean 15 you could eat that seasonal local and perhaps not organic yeah okay because it contains the least amount of pesticides so it's the least that was created by the Environmental Working Group. Mm. I think it still applies in Australia because it is for US farming, but we still use the same amount of chemicals. Mm. Yeah. That the Clean 15 are not sprayed as much with those particular pesticides. Um, the Dirty Dozen, we say, which strawberries is always on the top of the list in the Dirty Dozen. Is blueberries in there as well? Yeah. Yeah. They are. So we always say eat them seasonal local. Okay. Yeah. In season in summer. Yeah. I would not be eating strawberries in the middle of. Um, winter necessarily or out of season okay Okay. um especially if they're not organic because there are so many chemicals within them but Mm. we see that people eat the same thing 
every day throughout the year. Yes. Mm. Monotonous diets, which A, doesn't offer the diversity of nutrients yeah, for your gut, for your yeah. gut and general mm. nutrition. And then it's not seasonal or local. And they think they're doing the right thing. Because I think it's strawberries yeah. and blueberries yeah. and yes. kale. Yeah. And yeah. like, well, let's have the variety. And I think the mm. variety um, is like having a multivitamin. Yeah. yeah. Most people get fixated. They're not thinking variety. And we don't mean um, having, you know, so many different types of vegetables in a day. Mm. I get surprised. People are not eating enough vegetables, that's for sure. I know. Yeah. yeah. And creating that versatility as well. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And and then if if they're very budget conscious then how are they eating the mm. vegetable? Are they cutting off bits like beet if instead of buying a beetroot head, buy it with the beet leaves and there's like two vegetables if you like. Mm. Because yeah. there's the beet leaves and the beetroot. So mm. there's a lot of waste that goes on with vegetables and yeah. food in general. Yes. So I find Oh, it depends, you know, that's a really big question. I'm budget conscious. Well, how are you preparing food? Mm. What are you eating? When are you eating? Are you wasting? Are, are you, you cooking your own food? Cooking your own food? Mm. You know, what's in your mm. fridge, freezer, pantry? Yes. Um, people's uh, kitchens, which I call the home of nutrition, is so cluttered they don't know what they've already got. Mm. Yeah. So, th- and that's, that's, that's part of a seasonal health reset for yes. me, a cleanse is is looking paying attention to all those different areas mm. and i find if it's done well you actually save lots of money yeah most definitely yeah and i guess when you're getting your sweaters out or you know for winter that's the time to change you know your food yeah. as well and highlighting yeah. that you do need to make seasonal changes yeah yeah mm. and personally i found i've started shopping at farmers markets mm. and you have to make the choice to pick different varieties of food because it yes. is seasonal mm. and i have found it is a lot cheaper than going to the bigger supermarkets yeah. yes it so is. Yeah. yeah when you're eating in season it is cheaper that's mm. exactly right and going to a farmer's market i mean sometimes they'll just give away stuff if there's lots of excess stuff mm. at yeah. the end and yeah you build up a good relationship you know where you're getting your food from exactly supporting yeah. local businesses yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes exactly yeah. Yeah. Delivery boxes are fun because it's yeah, like they're surprise. great. Yeah, mm. like what's in season now? Yeah. yeah. So you don't choose, but a surprise box comes, and it's like, oh, what am I going to do with this turnip? Yes. 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 It's true. <laughs> or you get some interesting vegetables you've never seen before, and throughout lockdown, the chef who near where we live locally was creating all of these out there vegetables and giving us recipes, and it was fascinating because we we're learning how to cook all these vegetables that we hadn't heard yes. of before. So yes. yeah, yeah. so anthea with that we wanted to ask you there are so many different diets out there or styles of eating and with social media we are seeing so much information but also unfortunately a lot of misinformation in your expert opinion are there any diet fads worth trying including paleo ketogenic diet or fasting general no and the reason being I think people are missing the point which is consider the source and processing of food Mm. first and foremost and source means the health and quality of plants and animals and how they're farmed and the soil and processing means is how that food is prepared Mm. um, at the factory and with 
high temperatures or chemicals mm. and lots of additives or in mm. the home end mm. that's blasted apart or deep fried. Yeah. yeah. So master the basics, stop yeah. some processing, healthy plants, healthy animals, prepared well to yeah. support digestion and retain nutrition. Mm. And that's kind of a little mantra that I say off the get-go. Unless you know you are definitely allergic or you you know that you're intolerant, mm. yeah. then then let's incorporate that as well. Okay. Yeah. And then seasonal changes in temperature, yes. Mm -hmm. So we say master the basics and then work your way out that if for you paleo is something that you believe in and it's part of your philosophy of not consuming industrialized grains, that that's fine, but still master the basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of leave that up to patients because I, you can get a lot of health just from source and processing mm. yeah and then i find tweak and fine-tune that maybe you're not eating enough carbohydrates particularly after exercise you need yeah. to replenish your glycogen store so let's eat majority of our carbs within 30 minutes of doing the vigorous exercise such mm. as boot camp mm. yeah and so and, and i also think it changes over the years and with hormones mm -hmm. you, you see different stages of a woman's life mm. as an example or oh, during times of stress mm. yeah but master the basics and yeah. it's not because i'm anti-paleo or ketogenic i think there's a place for these things mm. absolutely yeah but yeah master the basics and don't overcomplicate it don't overcomplicate yeah. it yeah. to begin with unless you know for sure i mean if someone already knows they've got an autoimmune disease mm. okay for you at this present time let's really reduce in inflammation and modulate your immune system and let's pare back all the gluten yes. yeah. and the dairy yeah. and the sugar should just be given yeah but then i'm going to teach you what you're going to have instead yeah yeah and, i mean it's a different time and era when i was you know teaching studying this let alone you know um, teaching and being the practitioner mm. because of the internet essentially we've got mm. access to so much information right and yeah this insta yeah. wellness i actually did my latest blog post it's called um has wellness been hijacked no has naturopathy been hijacked by wellness i read this <laughs> amazing <laughs> because the word wellness as a buzzword <laughs> is very concerning it is it's like a yeah. cleanse yes yeah. yeah and detox and detox yeah, yeah. and so i've been wanting to write that for Oh, it's time. There's definitely a place for yeah, it. Get yeah, get it out there, Anthea, because yeah. it really it needs to change. And yeah. I remember even seeing in front of a pharmacy the other day, which was a you know a, quite a commercial chain pharmacy, and there was a big word wellness, and I was like, oh, this has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> like, where are we at? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, there's something wrong with everyone that they're constantly needing to fix themselves, or they're constantly needing to be the patient. Mm. Yeah. And that strive for perfection. And it's this strive for perfection. Like there's mm. something wrong with me and I need to perfect this mm. before yeah. I can feel this and attain this and mm. look like this. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, it's really all about regulation. It is, isn't it? And and finding that harmony and flow. and But it feels almost a very privileged position to be talking about wellness. It, it is. It works me in so many ways. And... It has hijacked naturopathy, but it's hijacked, I think, all good natural health mm. yeah. um, teachings, teachings, basically, yeah. and yeah. therapies. Yeah. 
I'm hoping through the new regulations that are coming out with TGA yeah. that yes. we might see a shift in the industry as well and that the respect will go back to health practitioners of information so that information can be more regulated yes especially on socials because you see people who aren't trained unfortunately share information that isn't appropriate no Mm. yeah or responsible always constantly checking myself and sometimes like oh maybe i shouldn't have written that but i'm really mindful of what i put out Mm. there um because people take it on board wholeheartedly. Yes. And it's serious business. And I, yep. and I have to think through, what will people do with this information? How mm-hmm. will it mm. land? Yes. Is this the right thing to put out there? So I'm constantly thinking about it. And, I mean, some of this, it is dumbfounding to me what is out there. And mm. I, I have no words anymore for yeah. it. And to raise awareness though right yes and we're the same with our approach we make sure education occurs in consult because every individual is different it is yes. yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah like even you know we do these online programs and i'm involved we do weekly zooms i'm mm. a community board i'm answering everyone's questions i'm still the practitioner even yeah. if it's a community group of people i can't yeah. help myself because mm. i'm going to see them all as individuals coming of course from different starting points yeah and so they're all going to be traveling differently mm. um yeah it's not one size fits all no, no it certainly isn't Okay, and so to finish off today, Anthea, we would like to know your top three tips on easy ways to reduce toxic build-up and live a more holistic lifestyle. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. I can't um, wait for this next <laughs> I think the first thing is um, reduce your toxic consumption of chemicals okay. in the everyday products that we buy. Mm-hmm. So naturopathy is a natural thing therapy so we say live a more nature inspired or natural life so laundry beauty cleaning products all of that that should be a given Mm, reducing your toxic chemical load and again it's that educational piece understanding how that extra toxin on your liver which impacts your hormones and so on and so on so Mm, yeah um domino effect the domino effect and it seems so simple it's not you know before it used to be such a hippie thing it's what hippies used to do but Mm. now it's like no, there is a huge impact on your health. It's mm. a cumulative effect. I think the second thing is um, toxic kind of thinking. Um, so learning everything that you can about nervous system, polyvagal, having awareness around at any given moment what state of my nervous system am I in because I think regulating um, allows you to have a different lens on life. Mm. Yeah. greater compassion and kindness for mm. your reactions and triggers and responses and so on and then a third thing um, I think um, deep connections and community and, mm. and, and kindness is uh, we're kind of in an era because of again social media there's there's a lot of rage that gets displaced and I think there is some appropriate anger absolutely mm. but I think we don't we don't see all the nuances we see things kind of very edited yeah and 
I suppose I want to see the kindness with the other side is see things more in their whole state rather than we just see anger or we just see self-care, kindness mm. yeah, without the other side of things. Mm. It's hard to explain that. I just want to see more real. It's yes, almost like managing, managing yeah. your algorithm on yes. social media and choosing mm. what you actually click on so that you can see more real. Yeah, because there is people doing that. Yeah. And and so if we're constantly feeding ourselves an unreal world, mm. then how are we going to get closer to our truer nature? Yeah. Which isn't that our goal to be who we truly are? Mm. Mm. And so you're right. It's it's the what we're feeding ourselves through digital. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so much to take yeah. away from today, Anthea. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Pleasure. You are a wealth of knowledge. Well, thank you. It's been so lovely having you. Oh, it's a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it when people ask these kind of questions. Yeah. Do you care? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Anthea.